What's up, guys? You are listening to the That You May Know Him podcast, and I'm your host, Blake Barbera. Welcome back to the show. On today's episode, we're answering a very common question that gets asked about the second coming of Jesus. Will it be a global or a local event? Is Jesus coming back in such a way where everyone in the whole world will know exactly what's going on in that very moment? Or will he be arriving at a specific location? That is the question that we're answering today on That You May Know Him. Well, guys, as always, you can listen to the That You May Know Him podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Also, you can check out new videos that we post every week on the That You May Know Him YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe there as well. We put out new podcasts every week, new videos every week. There is tons of content for you, our faithful listeners. And if you want more information about our ministry or if you want to support our ministry, you can go to thatyoumayknowhim.com. Okay, so people often ask this question. When Jesus returns, will the whole world see him or will it be a localized event? And in order to answer this question in a biblically faithful way, I believe we have to start by pulling on Two different threads of biblical teaching. Because this, like many other topics in Scripture, if you listen to this podcast enough, you hear me say things like this all the time, there is tension in answering this question. There's two different threads of teaching in the Bible that can both be applied when it comes to answering this question. And we don't want to choose one over the other. We want to look at both of them and we want to live in the tension. So, The first thread of biblical teaching that we could pull on when it comes to answering this question is what I've called the every eye will see him thread. So verses like, for instance, Matthew 24, verse 27. This is Jesus in the Olivet Discourse talking to his disciples about two things, about his second coming and also about the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. This particular verse, I believe he's talking about the second coming. And he says that, well, he is talking about the second coming. And you'll see too when I read the verse to you. Matthew 24, 27, Jesus said, For as lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. He goes on just a few verses later in this same dialogue in verses 29 to 31 to say this. This is more description about the second coming. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. 
catch that. He says, all the tribes of the earth will mourn and will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Wow. Just try and picture that. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds and from one end of heaven to the other. So, so far, two passages. As lightning comes from the east and shines in the west, as far as the west. What is that describing exactly? That's clearly describing an event that everyone can see, right? Lightning, when lightning strikes in any particular area, everyone around can see it. Now look, lightning can't be seen everywhere in the world. If lightning were to strike here, people in China wouldn't be able to see it. But that's why Jesus clarifies and explains his analogy. As lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. From east to west, everyone will see it. And then he goes on to say that the Son of Man will come on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory and all the tribes of the earth will see him. Last scripture I want to share with you from the every eye will see him thread. This is the first thread of biblical teaching that we're pulling on, these biblical passages that seem to indicate that it will be a global event when the Lord returns. Revelation 1.7 says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him, even so. Revelation 1.7 is, uh, well, it was written by the Apostle John. It was obviously inspired by God, fully inspired, but he was inspiring John the Apostle. Jesus actually appeared to him and gave him the written revelation that he wrote down uh, in the book that's contained in the book of Revelation. But in this particular verse, there's two Not one, but two Old Testament prophets being quoted. Daniel, and particularly Daniel 7, is being quoted when he says, He is coming with the clouds. That's from Daniel 7, I believe it's verse 13, but I I can't say for sure. It's definitely Daniel 7. And then every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. That is a very, very well-known prophecy from Zechariah 12 about the second coming of the Lord. Actually, Zechariah 12 through 14. And we're going to revisit that same prophecy when we get to the next thread of biblical teaching. Will the second coming be a global event or a local event? That's the question that we're answering. So it would seem to indicate by these passages I just shared that it's a global event, right? Every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him, that seems to indicate that, oh man, there's even going to be people that aren't alive today that might see the Lord when he returns. Okay, now let's look at the second thread of biblical teaching, and then we're going to see if if we can live in the tension or if we have to sort of draw lines and put up boundaries and choose one over the other. I think you already know that's not going to be my take because that's never how... That's never how I deal with the tensions that we see in Scripture. The second thread is what I've called the just-as-you-saw-him-go thread. This is verses like Acts chapter 1, verses 8 through 11. I'm reading a little more just so you have the context. All these verses I've already previously read 
you know, I, I don't like reading stuff out of context because it's just a, not a good habit to be in. But since this is a short episode and I'm answering a specific question, I'll just tell you the three previous passages I read, Matthew 24, another passage from Matthew 24 and Revelation 1, all those in context I think are very specifically talking about the second coming of Jesus. You can go back and check that on your own. But Acts chapter 1, verses 8 through 11 Jesus is talking in verse 8, and then it shifts to the writer of Acts. He says, this is Jesus speaking, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now remember, those were Jesus's last words to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. Where were they? When he spoke those words, they were on the Mount of Olives, interestingly enough, a Sabbath day's journey just outside of Jerusalem. Many people would say the Mount of Olives is in Jerusalem, not really Jerusalem proper, but it's in the surrounding area of Jerusalem. So Jesus says, you'll receive power when the spirits come upon you. You'll be my witnesses to the end of the earth. And then it says, When he said these things, as they, the disciples, were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him. Remember, this is the second thread, the just as you saw him go thread. Have you ever wished farewell to someone that you love as they were leaving, maybe on a journey, maybe on a long trip, and stood there or sat there and gazed off into the distance after they had driven away or or were taken away or flew away? I know I've done this. I do this, you know, whenever my wife goes on a trip, maybe she goes up to see her parents and she's got a long drive and I won't see her for several days. I'll stand in the driveway, wave as she pulls out of the neighborhood. And, you know, sometimes without even thinking about it, you just stand there and you just kind of gaze off as they drive away, as they depart. That's what the disciples were doing when Jesus literally ascended up into heaven until two angels came and said, hey, guys, hey, fellas, hey, he's going to come back just the way he left. He will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. What do they mean by that? I think we'll be able to answer that question in just a minute. But it's important first to remember this one thing. Jesus is and forevermore will be dwelling in a human body. Jesus is fully human. Jesus has a body. Even the resurrected Christ, the eternal son of God, differs from the father in this one way. Jesus, in his human body, cannot be everywhere at once. He is not omnipresent. He can't be in multiple places at the same time. Jesus can do amazing things in his resurrected body. He can pass through walls. He obviously can travel up into the atmosphere. And he doesn't need, you know, a a space suit or a pressurized, you know, cabin. He needs none of that. His resurrected body, his glorified body, which the Bible says all believers will one day inherit, 
can just go. It can just go up into the atmosphere and it's fine. We see Jesus eat food in his resurrected body. He makes a fire, invites the disciples, some of the disciples to have breakfast with him. But he said in John 16 that it was good for him to go away because he said to the disciples, if I go, I will send the comforter. I will send the Holy Spirit to you who, like the Father, is omnipresent, is everywhere. At, he can be anywhere and everywhere at once. Remember, the Holy Spirit indwells believers who have received him. And so he's many places at the same time. One more verse to uh, sort of bring home, to sort of land the plane on the second thread of Scripture, the just-as-you-saw-him-go thread. Zechariah 14. Now remember, I already read Zechariah 12 when we were talking about the first thread of Scripture, the every-eye-will-see-him thread. I re- Actually, no, I didn't. I read Revelation 1, which is a quote of Zechariah 12. Now we're going to read Zechariah 14. Starting in verse 4, it says this, and this passage is about the second coming. Totally, completely, for sure, about the second coming. There's actually Jewish people who don't believe Jesus is the Messiah, and they say, see, if Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee, from Bethlehem, wherever, were the Messiah, he would have fulfilled this prophecy. Well, guess what? He will when he returns. It says this, on that day, his feet shall stand on the Mount of Olives that lies before Jerusalem on the east. Remember, where was Jesus when he left? He was at the Mount of Olives. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west by a very wide valley, so that one half of the mountain shall move northward and the other half southward. And you shall flee to the valley of my mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach to Azal. And you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come and all the holy ones with him. On that day, there shall be no light, cold, or frost. There shall be a unique day, which is known to the Lord. Neither day nor night, but at evening time there shall be light. On that day, living water shall flow out from Jerusalem, half of them to the eastern sea and half of them to the western sea. It shall continue in summer as in winter, and the Lord will be king over all the earth. On that day, the Lord will be one and his name one. So look, I gave you a little more of the context so that you can see and understand and believe that this passage is talking about the second coming of Christ. His feet will touch down on the Mount of Olives. The mountain will be split in two and rivers of living water will flow from the mountains. People will flee at first. Remember, he's talking to Jews when we're talking about Zechariah. People will flee, just like what Jesus said in the Olivet Discourse. But then many will turn back to the Lord. Many will continue to flee. But it says the Lord with his hosts will go out and will fight and will defeat all the enemies of God's people on that day. It says the Lord my God will come and all the holy ones with him. This is talking about both the angels, the hosts of heaven, and the believers, those who are in Christ Jesus. 
We will meet the Lord in the air and we will return with him to the earth. So just as you saw him go, going back to Acts chapter one, I believe this is a reference, not to the quiet setting of his ascension, right? He was out at the Mount of Olives with the disciples. It was just them, pretty mellow, pretty low key. Seems like they're just having a nice talk. And then all of a sudden, whoop, Jesus starts <laughs> levitating, not levitating, ascending up into heaven. And they're like, wait, what? Okay. It's not talking about the quiet setting, but rather the specific locale. Jesus will return to the place where he left. So that's the second thread. The second thread, remember, is called the just as you saw him go thread. So we've got the just as you saw him go thread. Will Jesus, you know, will will Jesus come right back to the same place that he left from the Mount of Olives? Or will every eye see him come back? Will it be a global event, global event or local return? How do we square these two different threads of scripture that both give us a different side of the singular event. And both threads are equally true and equally credible. I believe that it's very, very easy, simple, obvious when you put both of these together to say that the second coming will be a global event that will then occur or finish up in a specific locale. So think about this. When a plane comes down from the sky, people can see it from all around, right? People can see it from all around. I live not super close to the airport, but not far away. The airport's like maybe 15 to 18 minutes from my house. I can see planes often coming in. I can't hear them land. I can't see them land, but I can see them coming from a distance. If I were to go to the airport, and be at the exact spot where they're going to land, I could see them exactly where they are locally landing. But I can see them from where I am from a pretty good distance away. That's how the return of Jesus is going to happen. Somehow, some way, when he descends from heaven with the clouds, it says in multiple verses, everyone in the world for a moment will be able to see him coming. I believe the church will be caught up to meet him in the air. And maybe this has something to do with why everyone's going to be able to see it. There will be billions of people with him, not millions. I believe there will be billions of Christians with the Lord when he comes down, which makes sense when it says he's going to, he's going to touch down on the Mount of Olives because You know, Jerusalem proper could not hold billions of people, but there's a massive amount of space on the other side of the mountain. So to answer the question and to be faithful to all of scripture in doing so, will it be, will the return of Jesus, the second coming of the Lord be a global event? Yes, it will. Will it be a local event? Will he arrive in his body, in a specific location. Yes, he will. It will be a global event and it will finish up in a very specific location. It will be local as well. The amazing thing, I would, I think I should mention it, even though, you know, I don't, I don't really know what to make of this next point because it's such a modern concept and it was completely foreign to the Bible, but we live in a time 
where something could be happening in the world and quite literally almost everyone on planet Earth could watch it happen from their television set. It's worth considering at least. So when he touches down, it's possible that many, 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 if not all the people of the world, even though it's happening, when he touches down, it will be in a specific location, will be able to see, whoa. I'll tell you what, when the trumpet sounds and he descends with the clouds and everyone sees him, people are going to know something is going on. So that, my friends, is how I answer the question about Jesus' second coming. Will it be a global event or will it be a local gathering, a local event, a localized thing? And the answer is yes. (laughs) Well, guys, this week on the That You May Know Him YouTube channel, we released a new video about the rapture. We did a podcast a couple weeks ago about the rapture. It was just a generalized what is the rapture podcast. This was sort of like a part two, I guess, today's episode. But also, I've been asked by multiple people to do a video on does the Bible say specifically when the rapture will happen? And it does. So a video I released today on that you may know him is about that very thing where the Bible says exactly when the rapture will take place, the very day it will take place. So if you haven't already, please do check that out. Also, sometime in the next few weeks, we're going to release another episode about the rapture and the second coming, which deals with answering this question. Will everyone be surprised when Jesus comes back? Or will some of us not be surprised at all? Will everyone be shocked? Or will some of us be going, nope, I had a feeling. Yep. We don't know the day or the hour, but uh, yep, that's right. I had a feeling it was coming. We're answer- we're going to answer that question. Will there be people who are completely unsurprised? That question will be answered in an upcoming episode. But for now, that's all I got for you. I'm Blake Barbera signing off. Thanks so much for listening to the That You May Know Him podcast. Stay blessed, live loved, and I will talk to you next time. enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. Also, please consider giving us a five-star review and telling your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and check out our website for tons of free, biblically-based content like Bible studies, devotionals, articles, and Bible teachings. The That You May Know Him podcast is produced by That You May Know Him Ministries, Durham, North Carolina. You can visit our website at thatyoumayknowhim.com.